Uh, welcome to Calvary, and hello to those of you who are joining us over at our chapel and online as well. A uh, special welcome if uh, this is any of your first time visiting us here at Calvary. My name is Dan Thorson. I'm the pastor of discipleship uh, here. Uh, this morning we're continuing our series called Everyday Faith, and we're calling it that because the reality is that for many of us, our faith is very compartmentalized. We have ordinary life on one hand, and then we have our spiritual life. We split things into secular and sacred, the religious and the natural. You know, when it comes to our spiritual lives, well, that's the time that we focus on God. It's when we pray, it's when we go to church, when we read the Bible, maybe when we serve other people, and we think about those sorts of things as spiritual. But then we have our ordinary everyday life. It's full of simple tasks, very ordinary routines, passing conversations, and things like that. I mean, just think about the countless hours that we spend on things like chores, shopping, leisure activities, entertainment. Uh, Think about all the small relational exchanges that we have uh, day in and day out with family, friends, or even the strangers that we pass by each and every day. See, these normal, everyday parts of our lives often seem to have little or nothing to do with our faith. God doesn't seem to be involved. See, but the Bible doesn't talk about life in this segmented, compartmentalized way. There's not spiritual and normal. There's just life. And God cares about all aspects of it. I mean, when you think about it, God created everything. He created our human existence to include very simple, ordinary tasks, very simple, everyday interactions and small responsibilities. See, it's our calling as Christ followers not to live this compartmentalized life, but to bring them together and to understand how we can integrate faith into our everyday lives to understand how our faith should inform and form how we live day to day. I love what it says in Colossians chapter three, verse 17. It says, whatever you do, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so what we're doing in this series through the month of August is that uh, we are trying to break down those categories Uh, that we live in, of the religious and the regular, the spiritual and the normal, so that we can live every day with God, so that we can have this integrated understanding of how everything in life, even the small, ordinary parts, are meant to be spiritual. I saw a quote from a pastor the other day that I liked. It said something like this, while we were trying to become spiritual, God became human. I mean, I want us to be the kind of church, the kind of people that live life in such a way with God that we understand that God cares about work and play just as much as he does about a Sunday morning church service. He's just as involved. He's just as present. God enjoys and created and wired us to experience wonder and beauty. He likes humor He enjoys the small interactions that we have between people that we see on a day-to-day basis. 
He cares about creativity. I mean, even leisure time. God is the one who's wired us the way we are and who has created all aspects of life. As the Apostle Paul uh, says in the book of Acts, chapter 17, he says, in him we live, move, and exist. So the challenge for all of us is that we need to have an everyday faith. Last week in this series, Pastor Greg talked about how we can have an everyday faith when it comes to just our relationships, how we engage with one another. And today we're going to focus particularly on faith and kids. And that's very appropriate because we just wrapped up uh, a week of VBS at both of our campuses. It was a a phenomenal, fun, crazy, tiring week, Uh, but we were so thankful uh, for all of the kids that joined us uh, this last week. We all care about kids. You know, we all want them to know and follow Jesus. It's why we communicate a value that we have here at Calvary that the faith of the next generation is worth everything. And I hope if you've been around here for a while, you've heard us say that over and over and over again. But you also might be aware of some of the really startling statistics about how young people are leaving the church in record numbers. And they're walking away from their faith Um, especially after they graduate high school. It's scary. And Christian parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, all of us want our kids to live lives following Jesus. And unfortunately, there's no way, there's no formula to guarantee that outcome. And I know many of you are heartbroken because of a loved one in your life who has walked away from the faith. Now, there's a lot of contributing factors to why young people uh, leave or uh, have end up not being able to, to hold their faith together. But I think one of the major contributing factors is that they've been given a compartmentalized faith. They don't have an everyday faith. They don't have an integrated understanding of how God just makes sense of normal life. They don't know how Jesus is meant to inform their values, how faith is supposed to impact what they do and why they do it. They don't understand how their Christian faith is meant to influence their priorities. Many young people grow through these early developmental stages and they don't get to see an integrated, holistic, everyday life with God modeled to them. And instead, we often communicate that life is separated between our spiritual life and our normal mundane life, the religious and the regular. And so we send our kids to church, to Sunday school, to VBS, to youth group. Sometimes maybe we pray together, especially if something is going wrong. And then we go go along with the rest of our lives. And the kids spend all of their energy and give all of their attention to things like school, sports, friends, video games, social media, and other forms of entertainment. See, the vast majority of all of our lives, including kids, are filled with this normal, everyday stuff. And those things often have very little interaction with God or integration of our faith. Here's the thing. If we really believe that the faith of the next generation is worth everything, and if we want to start seeing different outcomes when it comes to the faith lives of our kids, then we need to do things differently than we have been. That's what I want to talk about 
for the rest of our time this morning are what are the things that we can do to help kids see and know an everyday kind of faith? Now, as we get started, I I just want you to know that I'm not an expert in this. I know that oftentimes people are like, oh yeah, pastors have it all figured out and they, you know, talking about Jesus constantly and their kids are going to... No, that's just not the case, okay? Um, So I have room to grow. We're going to grow together in this. And I also want to add that this isn't just for parents. Now, we all interact with kids and have influence with kids in our lives. Uh, Maybe you have grandkids, maybe you have nieces and nephews, and maybe it's just the kids that you see here at Calvary. But regardless of who you are, I want to offer up three things that I think we need that will help us more effectively influence the faith of the next generation. And the first one is this. We need an everyday kind of love. An everyday kind of love. Now, loving kids might seem like a no-brainer. I mean, we all tend to hold this same assumption that kids matter. Children matter, and they deserve love. But we take this attitude, this value for granted, because our society's view of children is not something that's held worldwide. And it's definitely not something that has been commonplace throughout history. In fact, it's been quite the opposite. For most of human history, children were thought of as really nothing more than property or future financial or social collateral. And childhood and the accompanying childlikeness that's demonstrated in kids' you know, attitudes and actions were for the most part seen as negative attributes that needed to be trained and often abused out of children in order to make them useful. And this was true in the first century, in the first century Roman Empire. I mean, it was even common practice uh, to leave children out in the wilderness if you didn't want them. This slow development that we see through human history towards rights for children and eventually to what we have today, which is this really high value for childhood and childlikeness, is a phenomenon that is a result in large part to Christian influence and to the teachings of Jesus. Let's look at uh, the Gospel of Mark chapter 10. It says, one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them, but the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. Now again, our modern sensibilities easily agree with Jesus and we're sort of disgusted by the disciples uh, in this moment. But what Jesus was doing was very countercultural. He's taking time out of his everyday life, his very important life, by the way, to prioritize children. And what the disciples saw, and what most people would have saw, as an interruption to what was ultimately important and to Jesus' mission, Jesus saw as the most valuable thing he could do with his time. And so we should love kids. We should value them. Not simply that's because that's just our default mode of, you know, that's just a value that we happen to have, but because we have this conviction that God loves them. 
You know, the reality is that we say we love kids, but it is actually really hard to do that, especially in an everyday kind of way. Kids are messy. They're loud. They're rambunctious. They have a lot of needs. They require an incredible amount of attention and patience. But like Jesus, we should have this posture and this attitude of invitation that says, let the children come to me. You know, and I'm really determined to to do this, and I want my kids uh, to know how important and valuable they are. And and so one of the sort of the principles that, that I have is I want them to always know that they can get my attention. And so, you know, even at work, even while I'm here at church, I want my kids to know that. So if I'm talking to somebody and, you know, my daughter, for example, comes up and tugs on my pant leg and wants my attention, I might have her wait for a second, you know, to teach her to be polite. But then I'm going to stop my important work and I'm going to get down on her level and I'm going to assure her that she always can get her dad's attention. I want her to know she can count on it, that she's valuable to me. See, we need to love kids in an everyday kind of way. You know, as an adult in a kid's life, you could show up in big ways on birthdays, on holidays, things like that. But that isn't what makes a significant difference. Inconsistent love, no matter how extravagant, no matter how expressive, will not convince children deep down that they're loved and valuable. It's the small things. It's the everyday things. It's our tone of voice. It's our facial expressions. It's how how long we give kids our attention as they ramble on and on and on, you know, with some story that they're telling us. It's the small everyday things like crouching down to get on their level, putting our phones down when they are talking to us. It's becoming like them, being silly, and childlike ourselves. In the, in the world of psychology, there's something called attachment theory, and it explores the emotional and psychological bond between people. And what they've uh, researched and found is that the first experiences of attachment, which are often between a child and a parent, are, uh, they, they determine during these developmental years, how people are going to ultimately interact in relationships in the future. And so how a parent and a child relate and bond and attach is so crucial for the rest of the life of a kid. And I think this is also true when it comes to God. How we love kids impacts their view and experience of God and God's love for them. If we relate to kids primarily just to make them obey us, then they're more likely to associate that with God, that what God ultimately wants for them is obedience. If we give them distracted attention, then they might also project that experience onto God and think that, well, maybe God's not all that interested in me. If we don't enter into kids' worlds and join them there, why would they ever think God would do the same? See, but if we can attune to the everyday needs of kids in a way that shows them that they matter, that they're safe, that they're cherished and valuable, then we're setting them up 
to better believe that God cares about them too. And we all have a role to play uh, in that as a church. Again, this isn't only for parents. I mean, there's lots of different ways, even here as a, as a church family, that we can get involved in the everyday faith of kids. You can volunteer in youth group or with our Calvary Kids program. But we can also influence the faith of the next generation by caring for, getting to know, and blessing the families here at Calvary. We can remember kids' names. We can just greet them with smiles and joy. Loving kids because God loves them and expressing that in everyday ways. I think that's the first thing that we need to have a greater influence in the faith of the next generation. Now, the second thing that we need is an everyday faith ourselves. We need an everyday faith. See, this is where breaking down that separation that we create between the spiritual and the natural life is so important. Because if kids see us as adults only caring about God when we go to church or when we pray before a meal or do whatever religious thing we have structured in our lives, they're going to grow up assuming that God has little to do or little to say about everyday life. And yet again, it's ordinary life that all of us spend most of our time engaging with. We care about friends and family, food, finances, leisure, entertainment. And our relationship with Jesus should impact and inform how we engage in life every day. But too often, God is absent, except for when we do church or the religious things. And kids see that. Kids pick up on that reality so easily. And what happens is that out of our good intentions, we are trying to convince our kids to have a faith life that we don't have. I'm going to say that again. Often what happens is we try to get our kids to care more about Jesus than we do. And that's just not going to have the influence that we want to. Many kids don't stick with faith because they don't see their parents or other adults living an integrated, everyday faith that is meaningful, fun, or interesting. Many kids get a combination of obligation faith, or guilt-driven faith, or sporadic need-based faith where we only incorporate God when we're desperate. Too often, families are only sending their kids to church, VBS, youth group, camp, you name it, and they hope that that's gonna be enough to ensure that they're going to live a life following Jesus. But the statistics are clear, it's not working. It's not working. It's the everyday faith of parents and adult role models that have the greatest influence in the faith of the next generation. And this is true in my own life. I'm, I'm thankful that I had many adults and, and family members who modeled sort of an everyday faith. Including them were, were my grandparents, um, both sets. But I remember particularly on my, my mom's parents, we would spend time with them. We would often go to our lake cabin and spend time with them. And it was just absolutely normal to wake up and there's my grandpa sitting in a chair reading his Bible. To have conversations about, I mean, whatever is going on in life and all of a sudden we'd be praying about it. Then we'd sit down at the breakfast table and out comes the devotion book and there we're doing devotions with all the grandkids and all the chaos. 
My grandparents lived in everyday faith themselves and I was able to witness it and see it and it left a lasting impact. If we really want to lead kids to Jesus, then we need to take our relationship with God more seriously. And we have to break down this compartmentalization so that we can have an integrated everyday faith. I mean, imagine a a reality where kids see you having an everyday practical dependence on God. Where they can see that your faith gives you real hope and joy and peace and that your relationship with God is something that informs your values and your choices. Again, as I said before, the, the Bible doesn't talk as though we have a spiritual life and a normal life. There's just God-given life. How we spend our time, who we spend our time with, how we treat our bodies, creation, our neighbors, they can all be reflections of an integrated and growing relationship with Jesus that we live out every day. Romans chapter 12 is one of my favorite passages, and in it I think we can find this great description of what everyday faith can look like. This is what it says. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring one another. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way. Do things, all things, everything, everyday things, in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. So this is a a challenge for all of us to dig deeply into our faith, into what we believe and why, to create patterns and, and rhythms where we regularly connect with God. It's a challenge for us to align our values, our priorities, and our choices with our faith in Jesus. You know, we do all sorts of things here at church that can help with that, but the things at church don't replace that. So we have small groups. We I want to encourage you to to attend a a discipleship class on Wednesday nights this fall where we learn how our relationship with Jesus is meant to inform and form all of these aspects of our lives. You could join Alpha this fall, which is a a great place to ask questions and voice your doubts and, and really understand what this whole Christian thing is all about. You could find a way to serve as a family. All these things are designed to help us cultivate an everyday life, not replace in everyday faith. If we want to have a greater influence in the faith lives of the next generation, then we need to love kids in an everyday kind of way. And we need to cultivate an everyday faith for ourselves. The final thing that we need to do then is to simply include kids every day. 
of 1 Corinthians 11.1 1 says this, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. See, when we have an everyday faith that's meaningful, that's transformative, that's interesting, all we have to do is include kids on what's going on in that relationship with God. If God is incorporated into our values and our life priorities, then it's really easy and natural to talk about faith with our kids. But it's when God isn't a regular part of our regular everyday lives that it gets awkward and uncomfortable and disjointed. Going back to my grandparents, they weren't investing in their relationship with God so that we as their grandkids would do it. No, they had devotions and talked about Jesus and how their faith related to life, whether or not we were there or not. And so it was just natural that when we were there, they just continued on and included us in their everyday faith. It's a very powerful way to influence the faith of the next generation. And again, this could be translatable to all areas of life. When it comes to how you make your schedule, how you budget, what priorities you have as a family, what you watch or don't watch, how you spend your free time, all ultimately reflect the values that we have. And the question is whether or not our values and our priorities are shaped and formed by our relationship with God. Because if all of those everyday aspects of God are embedded in our relationship with God, then it's really easy and natural to include kids in that relationship. And again, this underscores the problem which I highlighted earlier. Many times, we want kids to have a kind of investment into their faith lives that we don't even have ourselves. When we have a segmented, compartmentalized faith that doesn't make sense or inform our everyday life, we cannot expect that our kids will have a strong or longer-lasting faith than we do. Can I say to my kids, like Paul said to the Corinthians, imitate me as I imitate Christ? Not all the time. To be honest, I need to change some things in order to do that. Can you do that? It doesn't mean you're perfect. In fact, it's quite the opposite. This often just involves modeling humility And recognizing that we need God's transformative grace in our lives just as much as anyone. It can often start even by going to kids in our lives and telling them that, hey, we're wanting to do a better job, that we're working on and investing more in our relationship with God, and we care about that. And we want them to care about it too. I'm wearing this shirt today because it's our baptism shirts uh, here at Calvary. And as you heard in the announcements, we have a, a baptism event Uh, at the end of the month. And baptism um, is a time when someone comes to faith in Jesus and they're committing their lives to him and it's this symbolic representation of dying with him, dying to our old life and being raised to, to new life in him. But we also offer baptism as a way of recommitting our lives to Jesus. And so I just want to encourage you that if you're in that place where you are like, yeah, I have kind of been doing my own thing, all of my values and priorities have kind of been influenced by lots of other things besides my faith in Jesus, and I want to recommit, um, I would love to talk to you more about that, and I would love to baptize you 
at the end of the month. If God has done something new in your life recently, he's brought transformation, he's healed you, he's set you free, uh, I want to encourage you to think about doing that as well at the end of the month because it can be a really powerful way, not only for, uh, for us, but a powerful way to influence the kids in our lives because they're seeing that we are taking this seriously. The faith of the next generation is worth everything. And we have the opportunity to grow in our ability to influence their faith. And to do that, I believe that we need to practice an everyday kind of love. And that we need an everyday kind of faith. Because then it's natural and easy to include kids in our growing relationship with Jesus. And to invite them to see and participate in an everyday faith with God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you care about us. We thank you for life, all the the joys and wonder, all the beauty. God, we thank you for all the small, ordinary aspects of life, the, the gift that it all is. God, and we want to walk with you through it all. We know that you want to walk with us through it all. And so we ask that you reinvigorate our faith, that you help us to seek you when it comes to choosing how we're going to prioritize life, what choices we make, the relationships we have. We ask that you help us to have an everyday faith and that then we can become a greater influence in the faith of the kids in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.